0: Um, lots of lighting design, furniture.
1: Robotics in take, takes a role as well.
0: What's that, sorry? Is that
1: robotics as well, involved with Daniel Prohaski, is it? Who's an inventor, and architectural engineer and a roboticist.
0: Wow, I didn't realise he was also into robotics. Maybe he's not in
1: uh, down at Lyndon. maybe really? he's, I didn't realise it was held over two sites, I'm sorry. I just it thought it was just at Linden. It
0: me. Now, his work is an amazing um, cantilevered TV unit. Um, that has these big concrete blocks that kind of count away. When you look at it, it's like, how is that staying on this <laughs> cylindrical um, block at the bottom? And it's all weighted. And so yeah uh, it's amazing to find out who's also into robotics
1: <laughs> yes well it's it's quite an amazing and incredible lineup I'm just wondering in terms of people who've been involved in it um are some are some of these people professionals or are some of these people who just are just trying their hand at something uh, a bit new or is it, is it a bit of a bit of a mixture of, of people
0: yeah that is the beauty of this exhibition it's everybody, so it's an open access show if mm-hmm. you want to put your work in this show then you can you just um submit your your work and we'll include it so really there's some of the leading professional designers in Melbourne are represented as well as people that are doing very kind of kooky things you know just for their own interest um, as you know, and starting out there's quite a lot of student design students from oh, yes. RMIT and Monash, Holmes Glen um, so it's, it's wonderful to show all of this together.
1: Is there fashion design um, a part of it too? Would that be the case at all?
0: It is, it is. We've been really lucky this year to, um, one of our supporting organisations is Mob in Fashion, and they have submitted work um, that was commissioned, in fact, by the Fringe Festival of three First Nations artists, Delvine Cockatoo Collins, oh, yes. Lillardia Briggs-Houston and Cassie Latham, and they've all made beautiful uh, fashion designs, um, kind of wearable artworks, really. Interesting. That, um A lot of them have been created from materials that are found naturally on country. Oh, yes. And the making of them has been a really kind of important um, way of them connecting with country and using things like um, shells and grasses and river reeds, things like this. So they're gorgeous they beautiful. They're here at Linden. Mm.
1: Fantastic. And I was going to ask you about the, the times at Linden and also when people can come in with both of these um, uh, sites. It's free admission, I gather, down at uh, St Gildertown Hall and, and at Linden as well. It
0: is. It's free to come in and both exhibitions are running until the 27th of November. So plenty of time to come down. Linden is open Tuesday to Sunday and the town hall's open Monday to Friday.
1: And in terms of um, uh, the future for some of these people, uh, is it possible that that they might be actually getting commercial contracts and some of these products might be actually um, produced sort of en masse?
0: Well, they easily could be. I think that would be um, what some of them might be hoping. Mm. All um, The works can all be seen on the Linden website and a lot of them are for sale. So if people wanted to scoop up one of these... Um, Unique and kind of bespoke items than they can right now. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think a lot of them would be very suitable for mass production. Certainly, I think a lot of the students are thinking along those lines. Yes, of course. Yeah. And the um, actual theme,
1: sorry, go on, what were you going to no, say? No, 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 go, go ahead. So yes. actually the design the future don't waste time. Who came up with that idea? Do you know who's responsible no. for that?
0: Yes, no, it was it was uh, myself but in collaboration with the Melbourne Fringe Festival as well. Oh, right. Um we really it just came out of the fact that last year um, nearly all of the submissions were looking at sustainability and waste already. The theme for last year was actually home. Um, I mean, we were all pretty uh, interested Housebound, in yes. being at home <laughs> last year. Um, so, but it just so happens that so many of the designs actually looked at sustainability too. It was just very obvious to us. It was just a really key concern in the industry at the moment.
1: Mm. Of course,
2: yes, that would make sense. And Juliet, it's so interesting when I'm just looking at sort of the theme, uh, capturing the, the themes of this exhibition, is when you're talking about um, that beautiful combination, I guess, of creativity and innovation—they really do go together. And mm-hmm. I love the description as well about it being an optimistic outlook towards a cleaner and more resourceful world. <laughs> when. I feel that for many, many of us, it's getting harder and harder to be optimistic about this particular aspect of our world. We've got so many challenges in that way. So, I think this is a lovely time for people to visit an exhibition such as this to sort of see a, another perspective.
0: Oh, thank you for saying that. I mean, really, that that is what we were hoping to convey—that oh, you know, we do we do all have choices about yeah. what we, you know, our relationship with objects and mm. how we think about what we buy and what we throw away. What we eat
1: and, and drink. We, and yes, absolutely. And clothing, and waste, yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it can seem unavoidable, I know, that we're sort of sucked into this system of consumption, mm. over-consumption and, and waste. Um, but the possibilities of repurposing items that we in fact all do have I mean we have lampshades that are made out of takeaway containers (laughs) um, beautiful silver lightware that looks brand new Mm. but in fact it's all been gained from a scrap heap and you know the cord is a a shower cable everything is repurposed um, or very easily fixable so it does it it is hopeful.
2: Yeah It it is it's a great message I think as well and it also sort of Takes us back to that time where our perhaps our um, predecessors and our grandparents, great great grandparents, and people post-war would have to be very, very uh, involved in repurposing things and very clever at doing that. So it's it's a bit of a nod to that that time, I think, as well. And also, that we've got so much, so much, well, so many
3: materials, we've got so much out there that there's so many materials that, you know, budding artists can leverage now without even needing to create a new material or have a new, um, uh, you know i guess material to work with they've got so many existing ones that can be um resized repurposed you know crafted in some way um to make art from um even if it's functional or or just beautiful to look at um there's so much out there to use
0: yeah that's right um repurposing is definitely a big part of it but um one thing that's come through as well is this is in terms of a, actually a new material is um, something called mycelium, which is, um, ah. I guess, a, like a fungus. like Almost like a mushroom. Oh, yes. Like oh. that. And some of the designers, at least, you know, more than one, have made items out of this, you know, completely biodegradable material, but that is actually very strong and um can be formed into pretty much whatever you would like to make, uh, and it's quite cutting edge, it's, an, it's a new material really, um, but so much in line with you know natural systems and, and things mm. being biodegradable.
3: Yeah, absolutely. it has been
0: interesting too, to yeah, see this nod to the old, definitely, mm. in repurposing and making things easy to fix, and then very new as well, mm. looking to the
2: future. That's mm. wonderful. It sounds brilliant. Uh, juliet and can we just check again with you when uh the exhibition opens just some of those details it's open now i think i believe it started already it is we're into it we're more than a
0: week into it now okay oh (laughs) brilliant so i've got Uh, another week
3: of school holidays you can get your kids to go along something free and fun to do
0: oh yes i think kids would love to see this it's so diverse and colourful too. Mm. And
1: actually, and so it's running till the twenty seventh of November. Is it at both yes. sides? Yes. Yes.
2: Twenty
1: seventh of November. And so, so your hours down there again? Um,
0: Oh, at Linden, we're open from 11 till 4, Tuesday through to Sunday, so we're only closed on Monday, Mm -hmm. and across the Town Hall, they're open 9 to 5, Monday to Friday.
1: That's the St Kilda Town Hall. St Kilda Town Hall. Fantastic. And actually, I, I was going to ask you too, Juliet, because you hail from England, I believe?
0: Yes, that's right. I'm from West Yorkshire
1: originally. Oh, okay, oh, lovely. Um, and uh, all creatures great and small, sort of country, is that right? <laughs> but, yes, yes. Harriet, that's yes. exactly. Right. Be- beautiful part of the world. <laughs> and I was going to actually ask you, um, in terms of um, artistically, how Australia measures up in, in terms of um, uh, what you know what's been uh, back home in uh, in Britain. I mean, have you noticed us being uh, being able to hold our own, so to speak, even though we're a much younger country? In many ways, it's in terms of artistic, um, uh, put, I guess in some ways, yes, anyway.
0: It's completely unique what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been here nearly 20 years, so mm-hmm. I would probably know maybe more about, I'm more immersed in the art scene here than mm-hmm. I am what's going, you know, I'm not really across what's going on back in, back in the UK anymore. Um, but, I mean, I think the thing to be celebrated here um, is definitely First Nations culture. Yes. I mean, that's what's that is, for me, that's what's unique mm, and um, it is. so
1: important about yeah. what's happening here. Certainly. Culturally. And we, we stand out because of that. That's true. And you mentioned that there yeah. are Indigenous artists who've got some some of their work on display, The fashion designers. So that yeah. will be well worth checking out as well. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Mm.
0: yeah.
1: And you've also been involved uh, previously to this. You were working at the Jewish Museum. And, and how was that experience?
0: Oh, that was Super. Yes, that was. Um, I started off with as the senior curator and collection manager there, and then moved on into just more more discreet projects with them. Um, one thing that I particularly enjoyed there was uh, curating the Amy Winehouse exhibition. Oh, I was going to ask so you about awesome. that. Yes, but I loved that. I mean, I couldn't believe my luck that I would be working on a show mm. where I was going to get to handle her. You know personal effects her guitar her clothes her shoes were you a big fan uh, before that i was, I yeah. was. Yeah. did you ever what see you her perform live no no i didn't gone too soon she was she oh, was nobody, she had the, the,
1: uh, somebody was talking about her on the radio the other day actually um but yeah, that was supposed to be an exhibition and that's one that's um i think it's had the approval of her family and it's been touring around is that is that right
0: yeah, that's it. It was um, originally curated for the Jewish Museum in London and co-curated with Amy's brother. So it was that's it right. was very personal and really did have that uh, family input. It was all about her quite a lot of the exhibition and why I liked it was about her um, childhood and, you know, where she grew up and how oh, she first is. got into performing and, and who she was as a person, because I think how she was portrayed in the media towards the end was Particularly in the UK, it was quite cruel. It seemed that way. Yes, actually, um, when she was outstanding, in
1: fact, she was very, very gifted. Yes, she was. In fact, I think it was Lisa Miller, um, the uh, ABC journalist, who was talking about. about, about her her love of her music, they were having a she was having a chat with Brian Anchavis on ABC about some favorite you know favorite tracks or tracks that meant a lot to her in her life, and she mentioned mm. Amy Winehouse and how she had been in in London at the time, um, around the time that Amy died, I believe, and and she just was saying that uh, it would do, the media certainly seemed to be quite savage um, about about poor Amy. So, um, mm. but anyway, she she has left a great legacy, but as you said, uh, went far too young.
0: Yes, yes. The family were very behind the exhibition and, as you mentioned, it, it travelled all over the world. I think it went to Vienna, Amsterdam, Tel Aviv, um, back to London for a second wow. showing as well as, as well as being here in Melbourne. So we were lucky to, to get in on that tour. You certainly
1: were. Mm. And, and what about future plans for Lyndon? I mean, are you actually, are you based at Linden most of the time now? Is that, is that your role there?
0: Yes, this is my role. I'm here full time. Um, we're in an exciting sort of period of transition at the moment, in that our previous director, Melinda Martin, has moved to be the director and CEO of Shepperton Art Museum. Oh yes. And we're lucky enough to be uh, welcoming in Vincent Olesci as our new director. And so, I you know I don't, I'm I'm not sure he, he might shake things up, but um, <laughs> there's definitely exciting things afoot here at, at Linden. We've got. Gorgeous exhibitions coming up next year by Nell and Kate Just, Abdul Rahman Abdullah, and of course, we'll have the postcard show over the summer as well. I was going to ask you about that actually. Oh, that's a, that's yeah. a famous one that's
1: been going for many years too, hasn't beautiful. it?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so many years. I mean, we're into the 30s now. If we wow. the 32nd one, maybe 33rd one. Fantastic. Oh.
1: Mm. And the actual gallery itself, or well, the building is beautiful. Do you know much about the history of Linden, the actual mansion? Because it's a, it's a handsome Edifice, isn't it?
0: Oh, yes. It was built in the um, late 1800s. Um, it was a, a family um, who migrated from Europe and made their money through the gold rush. Oh, yes. The Michaelis family um, built this house and lived here with their 14 children. Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. The walls could talk. Um, <laughs> right.
0: yeah, yes, it's, it's a fabulous heritage-listed building from, from that time.
1: And, yeah. and it's quite a landmark in, in St Kilda, of course. Um, and a beautiful space to, to show off uh, some of these fantastic exhibits.
0: Yeah, it's great. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're really contrasting the, the old old building with brand new art straight from the studio. Ooh,
2: fantastic. That sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. Some lovely things to look forward to um, in the future and, and you've described that for us so well, Juliet. It's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us and all the best oh. with the exhibition.
1: <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you And so we'll have much. to get down and check them out. Thanks so much.
0: Okay, bye
1: for
2: Thanks, now. Thanks, Juliet. Bye. Bye. Where are you now? Lost Frequencies and Callum Scott. We know where we are. We're in the Box Hill Studios. We are. Big live indeed. conversation. <laughs> five minutes to five.
3: I had a little shovel article. I hope it's not too soon. Too soon or uh, not. that Let's I wanted see. to share before doing a little bit of a sciencey nutrition spiel, mm. if I may indulge. Ooh, yeah. Given it's spring, I thought we could talk a bit Spring-ly. about livers again, <laughs> uh, which I do every spring. <laughs> um, but I've also got a little science tip as well. But this is uh, from the shovel, and uh, I had a little giggle with this one because it's a royal bombshell, as there has been <laughs> many lately.
2: So many lately, I know. Um, Another.
3: and this one is Royal Bombshell Queen No Longer Ta- Talking to Megan, <laughs> Daily Mail Reports. Um, I don't know if that's too soon. In the clearest sign yet of the Sussexes' deepening exchange, estrangement. Estrangement, Estrangement yes. From the royal family, the Queen has stopped all communication with Meghan Markle. The Daily <laughs> Mail has exclusively reported in an explosive front page report, the tabloid said the relationship had been permanently ended. There has been some absolutely no communication for over a week, Royal Watchers' Samantha Hannington-Brown told the tabloid. As we've been saying for months, the Queen clearly does not approve of Meghan and Harry's actions and this period of extended silence is just the
2: latest example of that. It's really quite exciting. Extraordinary, <laughs> oh, dear. And and look, that that just goes to show, though, the craziness around all. I, every time I click on an article, it's about you know the the things that Meghan has done and how Harry was rude to all the staff. And oh, there's yes. a bigger rift between. Yeah, and really he's cool. he's got to uh, hurry up and finish his book because he's adding new chapters. And not he's not writing it because you know, know. he can't. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, he'll get Ghost someone writer. else to do that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah anyway, but uh, so I've decided. To to sift through the fact and the fiction, I'm only taking my royal news from Vicky and Dicky Arbiter. Oh, yeah. oh. I've spoken about them in the past. Oh, okay. uh, yes. Father and daughter <laughs> pair, and yes. they are very reliable. Very reliable. Vicky and Dicky, and they're the ones. So, um, yeah. There you go.
3: Well, this, this this kind of finishes up with a little a little joke. It says Hannington Brown said her sources describe the Queen as <laughs> <is> cold. Cold. <laughs> There's been absolute silence on the Queen's part, not even a phone call. Uh, We've even seen this coming yeah. for a long time now. This could be, well, the end of the relationship. Oh and I'd probably oh say it would be.
2: Yes. yes. I think they've, they've uh, got themselves back to the States <laughs> and they're back in California land and uh, California. living it up there. Yes, I feel I felt very sorry for the Queen in terms of that relationship mm. too. I know. Really yes, and I did, did think if only
1: Megan could have held off for a little while, yeah. maybe there could have been a, a bit less uh, uh, friction in the family, but then uh, my partner Joe said, Well, they probably thought she'd live for another 10 more, more years anyway, like her own mother. So yes. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It exactly. was a little bit
2: of a surprise. Yes. Yes. Big surprise there. Oh, dear.
3: A bit more on more realistic yes. and well researched information. Oh, um, let's go there. From Science Daily, I thought this was a really interesting article that I found in the nutrition section, and it's It's titled Babies React to Taste and Smell in the Womb. Mm. Um, So scientists have recorded their first direct evidence that babies react differently to various smells and tastes while in the womb by looking at their facial expressions. Um, A study led to led by Durham University's Fetal and Neonatal Research Lab in the UK took 4D ultrasound scans of 100 pregnant women to see how their unborn babies responded to being exposed to flavours from foods eaten by their mothers. (laughs) Researchers looked at how the fetuses reacted to either carrot or kale I feel like that's been a bit of a you know, it's giving kale a bit of a bad (laughs) rap here. Um, Just for a short time after the flavours had been ingested by the mothers fetuses exposed to carrot showed more laughter face responses oh. while those exposed to kale showed more cry face responses. And I understand why. And I'm having a little grimace at that. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their findings could further our understanding of the development of human taste and smell receptors. The researchers also believe that what pregnant women eat might influence babies' taste preferences after birth and potentially have implications for establishing healthy eating habits. That's why my kids love magnums. This study is published by the Journal of Psychological Sciences. It said the human experience, humans experience flavour through a combination of taste and smell. In fetuses, it is thought that this might happen through the inhaling and swallowing of the amniotic fluid in the womb. Um, A number of studies have suggested that babies can taste and smell in the womb, but they have been based on post birth outcomes. While our study is the first to see these reactions um, pre birth as a result, Um, So it was quite interesting. They said they're going to do more follow-up studies to see the influences of other things. Um, But they have done studies like this in the past with more harmful chemicals such as smoking. Um, So I didn't realise that facial expressions could be termed a scientific response. I know. Um, But this is a journal article and it's – I mean, it was only a small – Research, but quite interesting to see that they are now using these very um, these four d ultrasounds to do a number of different things because they can see so much. On the inside
2: You actually um, can I've seen a few It's kind of freaky at the, uh, <laughs> Lately Yes <that laughs> It is just amazing The clarity So it's sort of like We surveyed over 200 Unborn babies And they said That they, they seem, really Don't like ki- kale so And please yeah, don't no. Serve it to me When I'm uh, out
3: Give me carrot As my first food carrot. Because it's so much sweeter <laughs> yeah, right. So So um, Yes yeah, Go carrot Go uh, carrot, go <laughs> carrot. <laughs> oh, oh. Well I thought that's That was really interesting And yeah. very fascinating Yeah Yeah, yeah. So, who knew? I didn't. Wow, did not know that. Mm. Mm -mm. Intriguing. It is very intriguing. Which leads me to some other intriguing nutrition. News, which isn't a lot of news, but over winter we can often exercise less and eat more comfort foods. Me with my hand up here in the studio (laughs) right now. You're not alone. (laughs) So early spring is a good time to spring clean. Uh, And I've been doing some spring cleaning and spring gardening at the moment, but Mm. I'm talking about spring cleaning our bodies and also clean out one of our key organs of elimination, which is our liver. And the liver is quite a key organ in the regulation of energy, body fat, toxin elimination, cellulite, clearing our skin and hormone balance. And it plays quite a powerful role in how we look and feel each day. Our skin is obviously another uh, area of elimination. When our liver is not functioning very well, we might find that we have outbreaks on our skin as well. But looking after your liver and going through a regular Detox or elimination of all of the extra foods, as I say, (laughs) um, enables that liver to regenerate and assist to process the harmful liver loaders that we're exposed to every day. So um, just a few little tidbits on what the function of the liver is, it does detoxify our blood, including bilirubin, ammonia, hormones and chemicals. Um, It does process nutrients, uh, so they're absorbed more efficiently by the body. Uh, It regulates the blood composition and the balance of protein, fat and carbohydrate, destroys our old red blood cells, um, produces bile to digest fat uh, in conjunction with the gallbladder, producing essential chemicals to help blood clot properly, breaks down and metabolises alcohol, coffee and all of the medications and really anything that the body doesn't recognise as a food. Um, So that's like colours and uh, toxins in the air, uh, produces essential proteins and cholesterol and actually stores minerals such as iron and vitamin A. So it's quite Mm. important for all of those things. But if you think that your liver might be functioning suboptimally, which it can after a long winter of perhaps over snacking, <laughs> yes, uh, um, you may find the following things or following symptoms may indicate an impaired liver function. And I just want to put a caveat around that: a lot of these symptoms are very general. And so may mm. not think – please don't go and think that your liver stopped functioning because it, it hasn't. Mm. Um, these can be also causes of other underlying conditions as well. But it can cause digestive upset, so bloating, acid reflux, heartburn, constipation or no appetite – uh, when you have the skin conditions, as I mentioned earlier, when you have things like rosacea or a sudden outbreak, uh, but a key one of the key signs is a very yellowing of the skin and eyes that is quite a common um, uh, skin condition that you might see with liver not functioning optimally. That's the inability to remove that bilirubin. Uh, change in mood, anxiety or depression, inability to lose weight, high blood pressure, Dark urine, indicating that you've got quite kind of concentrated urine and you're not getting rid of all of your toxins. Mm. Chronic fatigue, excessive sweating, and another one which can be more common is bruising quite easily. Mm. Um, so it can be a um, situation for liver function. The good news is we can um, get rid of half of our liver, and mm. um it will regenerate. Yeah. It's amazing. Isn't it? So yeah. the good news is that when we stop taking the things that might be causing damage to our liver, our liver will regenerate if it hasn't over mm. if it hasn't had any scar tissue. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. cirrhosis is when mm. the scar tissue forms um And the scar tissue replaces the healthy tissue, which means those cells of the liver can no longer do its cleansing. So the scar tissue grows, the liver has an inability to function um, optimally. Um, and there are a number of factors that can lead to cirrhosis. Mm. And I think we've mentioned a couple of them, but pesticides are really big. Um, you know. So there's the dirty dozen that I've mentioned before that, mm. that you know we need to clean those really well with some vinegar um, or use a veggie wash or making sure that we w- get organic where we can. The yes. dirty dozen, if you can Google that, mm. you can see the mainly berries and, and leafy greens. Um, cleaning products. All of the chemicals related to cleaning products unless you're using bicarbon vinegar, which I think are my favourites, mm-hmm. personal care products with their dioxins and bleaches, air pollution, air fresheners, alcohol, food additives, medication, water pollution, to name a few. So what can we do to get our liver to relax a little bit and have a bit of a holiday from the winter overload? Firstly, we want to remove all of those toxic foods, so those high-processed foods that we have a little bit more of. Uh, those that are particularly high in trans fats and refined sugars. Um, some of those processed meats, I call these the luncheon meats, the hams, the bacons. Um, the salamis. Yes, uh, can contain nitrites, nitrates. So if you can get ones without that, then that um, they can be quite toxic to the liver And take quite a bit of processing Um the other second thing which is really easy is having a, a nice glass of water. You can add some lemon juice or apple cider vinegar in there. Um, adding water and a bit of vitamin C aids in synthesising the chemicals out of the liver. Um, they can be easily absorbed by the water and mm-hmm. drinking freshly squeezed lemon juice in the morning can stimulate um, the digestive function and the liver to actually keep producing and keep doing its job really well. Green tea is another great one, oh, yeah. quite antioxidant-rich, very uh, important for protecting the harmful effects of alcohol in particular. So, you know, having a a tea after a bit of a binge drink um, is a good idea. <laughs> the key is not to binge drink, of course, but mm-hmm, having ideally. a green tea afterwards. Um, it has catechins in it, a polyphenol, um, which is helpful for preventing inflammation in the liver. Uh, One that I like a lot, which I'm talking about at the moment, is as our veggies are out and about and we're getting some more seasonal carrots and, you know, even our babies in utero love carrots at the moment, (laughs) but carrots, beetroots and bitter greens in the Brassica family are all out and very seasonal in spring. So the broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, cabbage and kale even kale, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, they contain a lot of particular uh, vitamins and minerals and fibre that um – are called indoles and glucoraphane, which converts to sulforaphane, which is an enzyme that's produced in the liver. So you're actually helping and assisting the liver in um, producing the enzymes it needs to um, detoxify. So um, what I really like is to get a bit of a flush of those carcinogens and toxins from the body. You could probably make a juice with nearly all of those. So I have a a little recipe for you for a couple of juices, a green and a red one. So if you're looking at detoxing or just perhaps reducing a little bit and supporting your liver, um, the red juice is six stalks of celery, um, one beetroot, one knob of ginger, half a lemon – And a sprig of coriander. So coriander is a really good remover of heavy metals in the body. So if you like coriander, get (coughs) some more into you. And adding some ice if you like. So putting all of that together, um, the beetroot and the ginger are pretty yummy together. So Mm. I find that to be really nice red juice and good for liver cleansing. If you prefer the green side, um, you might want to use – this is four kale leaves – Uh, A cucumber, only two celery stalks. Again, the same knob of ginger and half a lemon. Um, You could put your coriander in there, but in this one I'm putting two slices of pineapple. I think pineapple and kale work really nicely Mm. together. Um, And with the ice cubes as well, makes it a nice fresh drink. Mm. Some people like to add spirulina powder or a red or green vegetable powder to um, make that zing a little bit more. Um, So that's just a nice one to help with a bit of detoxing. Um, There are a couple of herbs and spices that you could add. um, Just to name a couple, because there's so many, Um, garlic, ginger, turmeric, dandelion... And St. Mary's Thistle are some of the greatest uh, supporters of liver um, stimulating digestion, activating the enzymes and getting that bile to flow to get the liver functioning optimally. So they would be my port call on the food front. Nice. So there you go. A few little tips on cleansing the liver. Excellent.
2: So can we love our liver in spring? Yep, that's it. And it is springtime right now, so uh-huh. get on it. Not just clean the house, clean the liver as well. 12 minutes past <coughs> five, you're on Big Life Conversation. Just hearing from Good Charlotte there with a little bit of Dwayne thrown in. Take this crown. A topical topic. Crowns <laughs> going, flying <laughs> everywhere at the moment. Crowns <laughs> flying Lots everywhere. Lots of crowns. Um, 3WBC, you're on. You're listening to It's 14 minutes past five. This is Big Life Conversation with Nicole, Barbara and Jacinta. And I wanted to talk now, very serious talk, about procrastination. Or should we do it later? (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. But let's let's do it later. (laughs) Let's have a chat about procrastination. Mm. Some fun facts, first of all. Mm. Everybody experiences procrastination. We all procrastinate, right? Yes. So... We're all in this together, folks. And I've been doing a little bit of research on procrastination lately, um, asking for a friend <laughs> <laughs> um, who's finding it a bit or hard three. To, or three <laughs> get, to get started. And a few little things that I have found out, um, certainly that it's a human challenge and we all have it in some way. Procrastination is also a choice-driven behaviour and we can change it because essentially we're making a choice when we procrastinate, okay? Yes. So we just need to be aware of that. But a few hints and tips that I thought might be a little bit helpful. Um, we're looking at uh, how to get motivated and how to stay motivated with with motiv- with. Um, procrastination. And so one tip I read about was start with something easy. Okay, it sounds easy and it is, but that is a really good step if you feel that procrastination is taking hold. And often it's on those tasks that we just don't want to do. That's when we tend to experience it more. So starting a project or starting whatever it is you need to do can can be the hardest part, just actually getting started. So there's a, a book that I, I've heard of called uh, The Long game and it's the long game how to be a long-term thinker in a short-term world and that's quite <laughs> well-titled. true yeah well titled too um a book written by Dory clark i haven't read it but uh she shares on how to get started on projects that feel overwhelming and we've probably all experienced mm-hmm. this you know big project it it's sort of like that um saying how do you eat an elephant one, one bite at a <laughs> time. time and I think it's a really good concept to have in your mind when you do you are faced with a huge project, whether that's, for example, you're talking about spring cleaning before Nicole. Yes, you know, yes. the house needs a massive spring clean, yes. and I would procrastinate on that because that big project in itself, when it's I visualize it, it's too much, mm. and so you have to break it down into small pieces. Yes. Um, so the idea from this book is to get started on projects that feel feel overwhelming. Is trick ourselves. I love tricking the brain with an (laughs) easy behavioral change. So instead of focusing on that big, enormous task ahead, they say create little tiny habits. They're so tiny and doable, they're impossible to resist. So you break it down into the easy to achieve steps, which of course build in more potential wins. So a little step forward, a tiny step forward. It might be one cupboard. Actually, I've done this in my kitchen. One red juice. Or one red juice, <laughs> that's right, exactly. Um, but if you look at a cupboard and I look at my really messy cupboard, I'm like, that looks terrible. Throw everything out, give, give myself <laughs> half an hour and then... Are you talking clothes cupboard or just... Oh, just the kitchen cupboard. Kitchen cupboard, yeah. Mm, uh, I mine would be clothes a clothes yes. cupboard. <laughs> I've got that too. Yeah. But, mm, but then if you just, you know, spend a few minutes on that, throw a few <laughs> things out, reorganise it and step back and go, that was fantastic, look at it. It's a short... Term, and it's a really easy goal to achieve. So, so in this book, it says that it's, you know, it can really help us to keep that motivation and build in those wins that requires that motivation. Um, and also some of this research has found that once we start behaviours, it just becomes easier to keep going. So sometimes it's the getting started that's all that's needed. And then we can build the motivation and the momentum. Um, and there's a lovely little quote. I did I didn't know this quote from Martha, Martin Luther King. I should say. Uh, You don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. Mm. Quite like that. Um, Another strategy around motivation to change it up, changing up the environment where you can work. Uh, when you work, can interrupt the procrastination cycle. And that's really great if I remember during COVID when I was just stuck in my office at home and I couldn't go anywhere. It just felt like I needed a change of scenery. And uh, so I think that's quite a good idea. And with the new spring weather appearing and some nicer weather outside, you might have a little space outside. You can even do your work. So just trying to change up the environment a little bit can help us focus And it also satisfies the brain's need for novelty. So what can you change in your environment? That might be another good thing to do. So a few things on procrastination because I think as you're talking about that theme of springtime, Nicole, it's a good time to get going on lots of different things, you know, cleaning out lots of things. I
3: agree. Mm. I've got quite sore shoulders and and really strangely sore fingernails (laughs) from pulling out weeds in my – I do have a rather large front and back garden (laughs) and it has been a little bit neglected and my husband and I got out there um, on the weekend and, yes, just wanted to take one bit off at a time. But once you start one bit – Then the next bit shows and then the next bit... But it was quite enjoyable and it was a beautiful day to do it. But I I didn't think that pulling out weeds would cause little muscles in behind my fingers <laughs> oh, yeah. to be sore. So I've been pulling out weeds and I've got I like why
2: are my fingers
3: so sore? RSI <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, just the pressure underneath the fingernails and lifting things out. Um, there was so many. Um, but very nice to look at. So yes, yeah, spring's a great time to do all of that. To do I all agree. That, yeah. So beating being the procrastination, yes. I I say if we can trick our brain into doing more of that, we're going to feel better.
2: Yeah, we're going to feel better and we're going to get some stuff done and then you feel so good. With Yes, you've got that that achievement. Yes, I agree. So it's a nice time to think about what is it that you procrastinate on, what does that look like for you and what are some of the things you can do. I I think actually another one I've just thought of is if you – like if you've got someone else in your household and you decide to break down a task and maybe take half each or yes. just do it together is a really nice thing I, as well. I, I like am that motivated that way. Yeah. Um, so definitely
3: on the visual and the environmental appeal <laughs> but also the... Let's do this together. Mm, is teamwork
1: is, a good thing? very much. If you're
2: all, yeah, we're, we're working in the same direction. Yes, <laughs> so, yes, as <yes, laughs> long as you are, yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, as long as you're working as a team. Mm. Um, just one other thing I came across this afternoon that I, I didn't know about. This is something completely different and I, I often... Uh, catch up to date on, get up to date on some world issues from the media outlet Women's Agenda, which I find really good. And today in Women's Agenda, they were reporting on um, an address made by Bolivian President Louis Arc, uh, who declared 2022 as the year of the cultural revolution to eliminate the patriarchy. telling world leaders this decade should be used to transform structures of inequality and end violence against women and girls. He was speaking at the UN General Assembly and made a very impassioned speech, apparently, drawing attention to gender inequality and linking the patriarchy to colonialism and Mm. capitalism. Interesting. Absolutely. So he also said his nation, Boliv- Bolivia, has declared 2022 the year of the cultural revolution to eliminate the patriarchy. So urging others to do the same. Very, very interesting. And he also wanted to draw attention to something that really does alarm us at the global level, and that is the persistence of violence against women and girls. Yes, in particular indigenous women and girls that find themselves in situations of poverty. And we can certainly relate to all of that in this Uh country. Yes, Mm. not
3: isolated to Bolivia, that's for sure. absolutely.
2: And some really Iran, I I think it's Iran, where there's some very, very... Uh, there are lots of violent protests going on. Oh, um, due to the, um, the, the imprisonment of that young woman who apparently uh, was not wearing the hijab correctly
1: or something. Yes, ridiculous. And
2: yes. Uh, this apparently happens a lot uh, to young women, where they have they're showing, you know. Showing some hair and not wearing the hijab correctly, oh according yeah, to the morality yeah. police, and they're taken into custody and often have accidents in there. And quote unquote, uh, accidents. yeah, accidents and um, hmm, and don't come out. No. So and apparently this is something that's been going on a lot, and that the families are obviously too frightened to speak up about this. And oh this yeah. young woman's father uh, did speak up about it, and of course you do that at great personal risk uh as well in a country like that. So it and there are there've been riots in, in Iran. And it used to be such a westernised yeah. um very um, sad location as
3: well mm. and, and a travel destination but yes. Yeah absolutely not at the moment.
2: But important for us to all be aware of and um yes, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to any of those things, but no, it's important we it's, are aware of it's it. It's
3: big stuff, isn't it? It is big stuff. There's a lot uh, of big stuff going on at the moment. Yeah, uh, lots of big stuff. Putin and, you know, that that's just to name one mm. <laughs> yeah. leader that needs to be. I, I don't know how we can, you know, we can find people in Iraq and Iran who... Uh, a terrorist well he's kind of terrorizing isn't oh. he at the moment and Absolutely. yet we his own can't people seem too. to I'm access able, yeah. him very um. readily
2: No. so no. but very i tricky. think i mean the whole world's watching on and i think the western world's very very anxious, about <laughs> very nervous, it. Or anxious. and
1: interesting to see that even China didn't want to get a heavily involved, Absolutely. which I thought was highly. Yes, mm-hmm. stepping uh, back. Uh, yeah, from and that I think yeah, but I thought you guys are supposed to be mates. So if yeah. you're a bit apprehensive, thinking, hang on, what do you think you're doing? <gasps> yes,
2: uh, is this a wise move? They've gone from mm. besties, no matter what, to hey, I'm not quite sure about this yes, friendship. Exactly. So that, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, twenty-seven minutes past five here on Big Life Conversation. Lewis Capaldi there with Forget Me. Please don't forget us. It's 29 minutes to six. We'll be with you right through till six o'clock tonight. Um, Jacinta, Barbara and Nicole with you. And Barbara, you've got a few things to talk about in terms of events, I think. I do, have Yes, Share those. You, you
1: might remember a little while back, I think it was, gosh, way back in June, we uh, had the wonderful Dr. Francis Devlin Glass coming in we to do. talk to she us about... Wonderful. Bloomsday mm. um, and now she did remind us um, that there was going to be um, apart from the fantastic activities that were going on uh, earlier there was going, to be, there was going to be something happening in October well lo and behold we are almost in October and um, down at the um, Hawthorne Arts Centre uh, loves old sweet songs uh, the Irish Variety concert um, is going to be presented um, on Saturday the 8th of October at 8 o'clock and we can hear, um, this is all part of, of course, celebrating um, the um, 100th anniversary of James Joyce's famous, famously musical novel, Ulysses, yeah. and you don't need to know anything about James Joyce, the author, to enjoy this hilarious and highly entertaining evening, according to the blurb here. And you can hear about the much mythologised story of how Joyce might have been the next John McCormack had he not fluffed a sight-reading test. <laughs> now, this missed opportunity was literature's gain and he lost an yeah. opportunity to parade his love of music of all kinds in his fiction. So the concert features body ballads, the sacred <laughs> and the sacrilegious, and opera to mu- and from opera to musical. And he was not averse to musical burlesque either. When all will be will be revealed at the Love's Old Sweet Song Concert. So it's Saturday, the 8th of October, he parted from five PM to seven pm at the Hawthorne Arts Centre in Builder Road and Hawthorne. You can uh, book now um, on the website. And then following that, if you're game there uh, you can catch up after the concert with people involved with the production uh, for dinner around the corner at the Hawthorne Hotel. And uh, uh, this will actually uh, feature um, more musical entertainment with the Tatty Tenors and the cast of the concert. <laughs> <laughs> the Tatty Tenors. Yeah, I'm so the dinner is from Saturday the 8th of October from 7.30pm to 10.30pm. And so, you again, you can book on the website, but just go to... Bloomsday and the, the Hawthorne Arts Centre uh, website and uh, Love's Old Sweet Songs and the uh, Hawthorne Hotel's website as well. But that will be an absolute hoot, I think.
2: I think it will be. Mm. Something a little bit Sounds different. like fun. Um, exactly. and, and as the blurb says, you don't have to know anything much about the book. No, Ulysses? exactly, or James Joyce. Or uh, James yes, Joyce. Yes. But you'll but, certainly um,
1: be um, entertained and, and informed uh, about him on, mm, on that evening. Yeah,
2: mm. exactly. That sounds fantastic, Barbara. I'd love good to do funny that. So I mean, we're big fans of Dr. Frances. Yeah, she, Krasky, she, was, so she was excellent. She's a driving
1: force behind all the uh, the ian um, festivities. So yes. Yes, yes. yes. So good for she her. is indeed. Lots um, of fun and games. Indeed. And also, um, don't forget, as we're still on school holidays... The chocolate festival in Sylvan is going ahead. Oh, oh, been, been excellent. there? Yeah, I have. Yes, yes. Okay. Not, not this year. No, not time, for a couple, couple of years. years. Yep. Yep. Yes, yes. I've
2: heard good reports. It's, it is. It's it, beautiful. It, it is gorgeous.
3: Mm. Lots of fun, and then you can um, uh, partake of the goodies on the inside. So there is usually strawberries are out and about at the same time. Oh, and yum! Yes, can, of course. You can do a little foodie experience a, yes.
1: a, associated with that. Mm. Yeah. that's running through until October the 9th. Uh, as well Yeah uh, The Tesla Larchulet Festival As I call it So you can check out uh, All about that On uh, online too And of course Don't forget The Italian Film Festival Is upon us Again yes. running up Until um, October And you've um, partaken
3: Haven't I you I have now. Yeah.
1: This is um, a rather contra- Well it was at the time A controversial film In some ways It's a bit tame Uh, by us today, but still still pretty (laughs) raunchy. Have you you heard of the, shall we say, controversial uh, film, Italian film director, Pierre Paolo Pasolini? He was uh, rather controversial, uh, died in mysterious circumstances uh, as quite a young man, um, and he was murdered, in fact, and I don't know whether actually anyone's ever charged his murder. He had a pretty, shall we say, wild lifestyle. He was gay and, um, as I say, pretty, uh, a a, a bit of a... um, a bit of a colourful character, you might say. Very talented guy. Um, he was. He's been described as a controversial Italian motion picture director, actor, poet, novelist, and intellectual, noted for his socially critical, stylistically unorthodox films. And um, he worked with Fellini um, on, the, on *The Nights of uh, um, Cabiria*, and uh, he also worked on *La Dolce Vita*. Ah. Um, and so, yeah. um, anyway, he, but, but he be- became, as I say, rose to prominence. Uh, you might say. Um, uh, with the Gospel according to St. Matthew, made in 1964. And they, his films alternated between scandalously erotic adaptations of classic literary texts, including Oedipus <laughs> Rex and the Decameron, you might have heard of, uh, the, and the Canterbury Tales and the Arabian Nights, um, and then the notorious Salo or the 120 Days of Sodom, made in 1975. So I wouldn't like to see, uh, we went like to see the Canterbury Tales. Um, yeah. Now, you might know Geoffrey Chaucer's. Yes. Maybe you studied them at oh, school. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, I'll swear. Um, but it seemed bizarre that he might, the um, that Pasolini might want to take on a medieval Italian um, story. Uh, but then again, you, if you do recall Jacinta, um, there were some pretty raunchy, ribald sort of characters, definitely. In that, uh, oh yeah, in those, uh, ca- those Canterbury Tales. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, so Geoffrey Chaucer, of course, you might you might remember the fame, of the Wife of Bath, the notoriously, should we say, lascivious Wife of Bath, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and other, as I say, other. It was, should we say, um, rather. Unorthodox characters Now Pat is obviously Having a lot of fun With this He actually plays The role of Chaucer In this production It was made in 972 And um, it actually won The Golden Bear Berlin International Film Festival Award In 972 And um, Of course It's uh, entertaining With the English um, Subtitles But it's So it's 50 years old and it's, it's quite violent. It's quite crass. It's quite funny in a very slapstick sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, really, he, he adds it his own little uh, artistic touches yeah. too. And you can see a few of his little fantasies and fetishes coming through <laughs> in this in this film. So People were sort of laughing in shock. And my, my partner, Joe, said, he oh said, this is really like a medieval Benny Hill. Oh. <laughs> that. That, that's a great way to put <laughs> it. A good actually. metaphor though, isn't so it? Well, it was. Actually, actually now you Hill. mention it. I think yes. that's true. I said, I quote you yes. oh, <laughs> So you may no charge this time. but um, mm. anyway, so that's um, uh, that's just one of the films that was has been on as part of the festival, including um, it's presented by the Italian Culture Institute in Sydney. So Arabian Nights was uh, another one, and the yep. Decameron. And if you uh, as I say, if you're, if you're game to uh, catch these films when they pop up <laughs> now and again, or they might be available uh, online. But uh, this was rated R, um, and uh, as I say, he, he was an interesting man, but. Uh, um, certainly, like, court a controversy and was quite, I think, enjoyed shocking and uh, scandalising society too, and maybe pointing out perhaps the hypocrisy of a society in many ways. Um, and certainly, Italian society, and yes. it's certainly that the church comes in for its fair share of um, criticism too. So, oh. as you could imagine, mm. um, yes. Yeah, so that was um, an, an interesting yeah. film. Um, but I uh, think as I say, not for not for the narrow-minded. Not too. for the no. narrow-minded. No, no, not for the children either. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but the, in the meantime, film festivals continuing um, up until uh, I believe um, October the um, the twelfth. Oh wow, that would be lovely to well, see. Yes, yeah, so at various palace cinemas and also at Cinema Nova. So yeah, yeah, check, out the, um, check out the check uh, out the the website for all, all check those it details. Out. Lots all of good deets. things
2: happening. Yes. Um Now there was a. a, a couple of T V shows that we were mentioning yes. before. Mm. You were gonna talk about Zan Rhodes show is it Zan Rhodes? Zan Road, yes, yeah. that's right. And and it's really interesting, I haven't seen her new Show called... Mm. Um, take Five. Um, take Five. Yeah, now I've people are on, th- on to this sort of thing about name your
1: five favourite films, your three yes, favourite songs it's, and yes. it's a, it's, a, it's sort of a, a gift that keeps on giving, as they say. Yeah, yeah. and, um, yeah, so last week I know I'm a big fan of Guy Pierce. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah, think we all yeah. Very talented fellow and uh, not just as an actor but also as a musician. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he went through... Um, uh, Five of his tracks, his favourites, are the ones that had particular significance for him in his uh, in his life. Um, and um, it well, I knew a bit about him, being a bit of a fan. But it was not it was common knowledge actually that he had quite a sad life. He lost his father when he was only, I think, age about eight. His father was a pilot and was uh, yeah, in, a, in a terrible flying accident. But um, anyway, but Zan apparently didn't know that. I'm thinking surely that would have been a bit of research you would have done, and, and that knowledge has been out there for a while. Uh. Sorry, Zan, but I thought you know maybe you should have uh, you know, done a bit more Did homework. You research, mm. right. but anyway, because he mentioned how some of these songs, you know, obviously as a child growing up or at a certain stage of his life, certain songs had a particular impact, or uh, he could relate to certain um, songs relating to sadness or to sad and sort of longing and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's a great concept. for show. Yeah. Um, I mean she does a good job, I think but that's that's the pupper side. Um yeah. and uh, yeah and and these people uh, you, you get to see get a bit of insight into what makes them tick and, and what's what has made them um, you know creative in their own musical ways
2: and in other ways too. Um, it's, yeah. yeah, it's interesting, Barbara, because you know how we had um, Julia Zemira with um, the ta- yes. ta- what's it called? What was that? Home called? delivery, ta- home delivery. Was. Yes, yes. It sort car. of feel, almost feels like a bit of a spin off of yes. that in a way because it was so sad when that series, that yeah, show, that was finished. Great. It was great. I mm. love the way they produced that. And so this, yes, it's similar sounds, sort of similar, thing. Th- similar yeah. Sort but, of and then thing. it's been yeah. done
1: before, as I said. Your favorite films, I think. Yeah, are your favorite songs uh, or songs. That the most impactful or the books that have had the uh, had yes. the most um, direct effect yeah. on you. Yeah, so I think next uh, tomorrow night is your friend Keith Urban. Um, okay. See my my sister's
3: in love with Keith. I is, is I'm, I'm not I'm oh, not really? not so in love. But, not so. No, I'm not but, so, um, so in love, but she she is quite in fact, you know, been to concerts and things like that. Oh, really? So yeah, yeah. I might have to pass that on to her. Oh, she might well, be
1: as fan than a Keith Urban fan myself
2: should yes. tune in to the <laughs> ABC. Yeah, yes. so there's a, there's a
1: series of them. I mean, it's every Tuesday night. Of course, you can catch it on iView as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah, just as I say, it's f- fascinating. And um, you'll learn a bit about uh, some of these musicians and, and what has influenced them. Excellent. I like
3: it. I like those sorts of things. It's quite interesting about bringing back series because I have I love Spicks and Specs and I'm enjoying oh, yes, yes. watching the new Spicks and mm. Specs. So I'm so pleased that that was back on because I just loved that. Yes. And really I nice to have that too. back. Yeah. Um, and also watching the um, – the uh, the Centre for the Elderly and the Teenagers. Oh, I keep forgetting yes, the name of that. Old People's Home, home for teenagers. the Teenagers. It's That's right. To, it's
2: it, finishing it, up soon. It is finishing up and soon, I'm,
3: I've got to um, catch up on that one. However, because it was school holidays, I was speaking with a client of mine today saying how, you know, there's not a lot of age-appropriate or, you know, non-violent, um, I guess, for kids Nowadays, And we were thinking about what mm. we enjoyed as kids yeah. and he said he'd just been through all the um, old Karate Kid uh, series and of course ah. there's the, the second or third series of the new Karate Kid with, you know, Ralph Machio in there as well. Yeah. And so talking about how that is, you know, taking up again and getting really good reviews – Uh, And I just sort of said, you know, I've taken them through, you know, all the James Bonds um, right from black and white right through to to now and also um, all of the Raiders of the Lost Ark and, um, you know, to do with um, uh, Harrison Ford and and the Raiders of the Lost Ark series as well. So um, it's quite good to go back and show the kids some of the things that you watched. Yes, some of them have aged a little, but some of them do stand the test of time. Yeah. And those, those yeah, were, some were some of, of the have. ones that, that quite were quite good. Yes. Um, so that you don't have to get lost in some of the um, new ones out there and have to press the quick, let's pause that. That's <laughs> not right. Yeah, no, that's not yeah, quite appropriate, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah. So there's a lot out there. Um, there
2: is a lot out there. Um, one I'd recommend on the ABC Savage River showing at oh, yes, the moment. It's yet. sort of a, a mystery, crime, no. yep, yep. crime right um, show. Australian, uh, all Australian actors, amazing actors and it's very interesting and you know the ABC is all over this let's just, and it's driving me mad at they the moment, well. just dropping but just dropping one every week one episode a week, tantalising oh, it's yes. tantalising, so that's on a Sunday evening, so we just watched that yes. there's another really good show but it's annoying me so much, I have to <laughs> talk to Jess Tagi about <laughs> it yeah. it's called Marriage and it's a, oh, a, oh yes, I yes. saw yes. a bit of it down night uh, yes. I love Sean Bean, a British actor he's a great actor, he is excellent and so is the female lead in yes, She, she was in. Uh, I cannot remember her name. Stuff, yes, lots of yes. stuff. But it's 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 painful at times, it and it really focuses on the marriage of a couple who've been together for about thirty odd years. years ago, yeah, yes. long long time, and yes. various different things that are going on. And it is. It's, I think it's meant to be annoying, yes. I hope so, because gosh, it's annoying. It is, it is. And, yeah, it's a bit frustrating and, and it's very intriguing and, and you're left hanging with some scenes you're not quite sure what's going on. But it's it's really good, actually. But it's kind of real life. It's, it can, it, yeah, it's and a, and that's a lot the of a hit home. And some tedious. of it yes. it feels tedious. It feels as marriage can be sometimes. As, <laughs> yes. as relationships in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. can be. So they, they portray that those themes really well, mm. and so I, I really would recommend it. But again, that one they drop an episode every Saturday. Yes, it's that's a right. Saturday Night View,
1: and mm. you'll be glad to know, you political people, oh, yes, um, that. Uh, Planet America's back. <gasps> I love Planet Yes, tonight. tonight. tonight oh, is it? Because yes. I've missed
2: that. This That's good.
1: It's on at uh, 9.35 with our
2: uh, John Barron
1: and Chaz Licadello oh, they great. Chaz, so they're talking yeah. about the um, the midterm elections, I think. Course, yes. yes, yeah. Oh,
2: there's oh, lots to course, talk yes. about. yes There yes. is oh, enough to talk about. Wow, it. and they do
3: it so well. They do it actually. Yeah, we've been um, getting suckered into race around the world because it's oh, kid friendly, really? and you know it's a bit of travel, oh, armchair travel, yes. um, and and people behaving badly with each other under stress, <laughs> and some not so, which is good. But I'm very disappointed in the good old Rings of Power from the game. The oh, series, no. yes. Mm. My husband said
2: the same thing. He's tried to watch and He's like, eh. and no. we've we've started the
3: new um, Lord of the Rings, uh, I guess offshoot as yeah. well. Oh, and yeah. um, it's okay. It's okay. Uh,
2: hmm. But
3: again, not quite hitting the mark as the original did. So okay. mm, yeah.
2: Um, and the other thing, I'm just going to say this about a show that I only got watched like last night and maybe one night last week when it was the, the holo- that long holiday we had and it was about some farmers and I'm like, no, uh, yes. I don't think so.
3: I really don't Another think Another farmer wants a wife, a yeah. husband, and a cow yeah. or something. Uh, and it's- <laughs> yeah, but they've introduced all these new women and it's Blown everything apart, mm. and, and and now it's become you know uh, what's Temptation Island. It's sort of it a love <laughs> It's a bit like
2: that. And, and my husband actually said to me, he's like, he said, I, I don't know that this show's appropriate for now. We I think, I think it's sort of not very appropriate. It's gone all. now. It's rather it's well, it. of The like, concept. He said, it feels really. No really it, yes. Yeah, that's right. He said, it, 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 it does feel a little bit icky because yeah, it's like a, it, a harem you know, it's or like, something. It's like, mm. That's what he was saying. I agree. I agree. You know who are they going to select?
3: Just like Bachelor, you know, but Bachelor's is a little bit more commercial.
2: Just like mats. Like, I mean, there's a, <laughs> a few maps. out there. Yeah, there is. Mm.
3: And this was kind of the more wholesome of the variety, it but was it, it seems to like have gone a little bit, you know, you drop in some new ladies and it's like, Farmer has a house of four women. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, you I use I the word
1: lady lightly. lightly <laughs> yes. and <well>. and
3: yeah, <laughs> farmer has a yeah, mm, has a great has time.
1: Has lots of fun. Yeah. So anyway, that is for it's other people. The Canterbury Tales. Yeah, that's right. A bawdy
2: romp through a a bawdy romp. A bawdy romp through a farm, and with that, we're going to go to a track. It's twelve minutes to six. Woke up in love. Griffin and Callum Scott there. Ten minutes to six, with you right through to the six o'clock news, which is coming up in ten minutes' time. Big Life Conversation, a few things to finish up our show with. We've got a few extra things we want to tell you about. And... I'm not sure who's going to start.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can I quickly mention something, please? Let go. Have you heard about Alter State, a special festival that's on at the moment? At, Altered um, State. Alter State. Alter. Alter. Oh, it's going until the ninth of October. Mm-hmm. It's at Arts Centre in Melbourne, and basically, um, it's about deaf and dis. Oh, it's it's um, oh. featuring deaf and disabled artists. We were taking centre stage uh, for this new festival, and it puts the work of um, these artists from Australia and New Zealand in the spotlight, encouraging interconnectedness and curiosity between both disabled and non-disabled communities. So it started with um, it started this month, and it's going till the ninth of October, and it features uh, film and dance and uh, and a whole lot of other interesting things. And uh, you can check out the full program at the official website, Alter State at Arts Centre in Melbourne. Sounds
2: interesting. Mm. Mm. Beautiful.
3: And just a little snapshot of my trip away. We went to Adelaide, the quick way (laughs) by Border Town and um, came home the long way and we went via the Great Ocean Road but the Great Ocean Road from – Victor well, coming from Victor Harbour through to Port Campbell Mm -hmm. and then to the Twelve Apostles. And what I hadn't done before, normally I'd go the other direction and go to the Twelve Apostles and then you might skip some of the other sites that are post that, um, Mm -hmm. past sort of Port Campbell because it is quite a long distance. It is. Um, But once you start with the Bay of Islands, which is quite spectacular, which is like the Twelve Apostles but they're bigger blocks of – I guess Earth that are sticking out from from the coastline, mm-hmm. uh, very similar to the twelve apostles, just not sort of tall, thin, and uh, I guess crumbling away yeah. <laughs> as <laughs> as, as much. Ah. Um, and there were there were about five or six different sites that were extremely spectacular to watch. Yeah, um, okay. Not wow. many people going to have a look, and then by the time we actually went to Port Campbell, and then to the Twelve Apostles, there was – you couldn't actually get a park. The, there's a new – since I've been – car park on the other side of the road and you have to go under the road and underpass to see it. Then you couldn't actually get to see them because there was that that many crowds there. And then oh, when you yes. saw them, you know, there's only about six, five or six there now mm. because they've fallen down. Um, I'd just taken my kids through to all these other seven amazing kind of sites along the way, um, and then we got to the twelve apostles, and it was like meh.
2: Oh, <laughs> no, I've been it's, know, it's not so, twelve
3: anymore, is it? No, that's what I was saying. There's about six. About six, yeah. Um, there's. That, that are you know of relative size and proportions um, wow. so all of the other sites if you are doing the Great Ocean Road and you want to have a look at the Twelve Apostles yep. I recommend doing that first if you're going to do the other ones so, because it builds up in excitement versus yep. you're seeing the amazing ones and then you get to the Twelve Apostles because I was expecting to to go and visit my brother who lives in, Prin- oh, not, not lives in Princeton but not far from there has a holiday place there in a country place oh, yeah. and I but I'll catch up with him. We'll only be half an hour. Well, we were hours. Oh, really? Because there was so much to see along that, that route. route. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was cool. the most spectacular day. It was between the rainy days and um, have some really amazing photos. So, um, Check them out. Check out the uh, other sites starting from the Bay of Isles okay. um, w- onwards, mm-hmm. and um, you will see some amazing scenery and cliffs there, as well as some other really interesting blowholes, London Bridge. You know, the uh, Lochar Gorge, etc., are all there. And um, uh, <laughs> um, so, if you miss out and you don't get a park at uh, the um, the Twelve Apostles, don't worry. <laughs> 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 there are better things ahead. Yes, better <laughs> uh, manage that's expectations my little tip. too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So true. Yeah, and um, Port Campbell, what a lovely little town, and Port Ferry were my two kind of highlights oh, of that yes. whole trip. I love many towns along the way there, but I have to say that I really enjoyed those two towns in particular. Um, lots more character and, and um, lots of good things to see there as well.
2: Yeah, very That's good. Excellent. So, my little tips if you're going on a Thank road you. trip holiday. Well done, Nicole. You've got anything else for us, Barbara?
1: Just want to remind people about, of course, the show finishing up, the Royal Show finishing yes. up uh, this Sunday, yep. and Dark uh, Saving coming in um, early as a Sunday morning. Uh, but also, if you're a, a fan of um, Les Mis, don't forget um, that uh, Do You Hear the People Sing um, is, is on tomorrow night and at Hamer Hall and also Wednesday. Mm. Uh, and it's featuring. Um, uh, an amazing concert actually uh, featuring um, an international line of stars and uh, you can check out the work of um, the um, creators of uh, Les Mis and Miss Saigon amongst others, uh, Bublé and Schoenberg and also includes hits from um, Martin Gare, The Pirate Queen and the very first musical together, uh, La Révolution Francaise. So anyway apparently it's quite a, a stunning line of talent uh, if you're a bit of a fan of that musical, I certainly am. And uh, Yes, yeah, on... it's it's brilliant. It's amazing music. It is. And yeah. so uh, check out Very that at stirring. the Arts Centre
2: Melbourne website. Mm. Yes, I heard about that today actually. Mm. And just a few little tips about life from a wise woman <laughs> to finish up the show. Uh, you may be aware of Tay Tay, otherwise known as Taylor Swift. Mm. She is a... Massive 32 years of age. She's 32, <laughs> right? Why, age, Wise and old, Wise is. and old, but she has some life wisdom. She calls it life hacks um, and she was the guest speaker at a, a graduation in, the, in a university in America uh, not long ago and at the graduation speech she was imparting some of her wisdom to the graduates. Um, and I actually like – I really do like this first one. She said – Be discerning. Life can be heavy, especially if you try to carry it all at once. Part of growing up and moving into new chapters of your life is about catch and release. What I mean by that is knowing what things to keep and what things to release. You can't carry everything around with you, grudges, updates on your ex, (laughs) etc., etc. Decide what is yours to hold and let the rest go. Life can be lighter. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yep, okay. I think we that know works. Yeah, yes, I think it's uh, good. Embrace the cringe. No matter how hard you try to avoid being cringe, you will look <laughs> back on your life and cringe retrospectively. And we've all done that. Cringe is unavoidable over a lifetime. Tay Tay says, um, I promise you. Embrace the the cringe. Uh, you'll probably be doing or wearing something right now that you look back on later and find revolting and hilarious. Just embrace the cringe. I love the cringe. I love that. I think that's quite it's nice used quite term. frequently that terminology in our house. Yes. <laughs> and final little bit of wisdom from Tay Tay is don't be afraid of mistakes. There you go. There we go. Being embarrassed when you mess up is part of the human experience, she says. And getting back up, dusting yourself off and seeing who still wants to hang out with you afterwards (laughs) and laugh about it, that's a gift. There we go. I'd say they're wise words. I think they're wise words. Mm. Wise words for and, her uh, age. Yes, for her age. I think. I don't think at 32 I would have thought about no. those things. No. I've got to say. Mm. A little bit of disclosure there. But anyway, she is a wise woman and she's been through lots of amazing experiences. We hope you have a great experience for the next week and we will be back next the yeah next week next I'm Mr. guess and one we think we we are we're sure yeah. of. to be confirmed. yes. yes mm. We will be back with that. And uh whoops, we're not going to play our theme song just yet. We'll wait till next week for that. <laughs> and uh but right now what we've got for you is to play the news. So we'll say goodbye. Have a great week. See we'll you. We'll see you week. next month. See. You. <gasps> yes, see you in October oh, daylight savings. You are right. Mm. Absolutely an extra hour of daylight. Here's the news. Joy, ciao. Bye.